Welcome to the Mr. Schmooze Podcast. The podcast for everyone. Cody Lowry, author of the great new book, Schmooze, What They Should Teach at Harvard Business School. Setting up a meeting with the President of the United States in one week. Getting a baseball signed by the Pope. Carrying the torch in the Olympic torch relay. Being presented a Super Bowl ring from one of NFL's Hall of Fame coaches. Cody even arranged an audition in less than 48 hours for Saturday Night Live. No regurgitated internet theory, just the real deal from a man who has walked the walk. Funny, genuine, authentic, inspirational, and a guy with a big heart. Your host, author of Schmooze, what they should teach at Harvard Business School, Mr. Schmooze himself, Cody Lowry. Hey, how'd I do, huh? Thank you. Say, oh, please stop, for God's sake, stop. Oh, please, no more. I can't take any more. Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. I don't know where you are, but my name is Cody Lowry, and I will be your host for the next few minutes. It's nice to reach this stage in life where you actually know your own name. I must tell you, it wasn't always that way. I can remember when I was five years old. I was at my kindergarten graduation as I sat in the front row of the auditorium with my other fellow graduates and their parents sitting in the back. And as they called out in alphabetical order the name of each graduate, that graduate would go up to the stage and receive his or her diploma. Now there's something I need to tell you. My real name, my formal name is not Cody, it's Emery. It's not Cody Lowry, it's Emery Lowry, which was my father's first name. Now, I can tell you that when I was five years old, I never heard of the name Emery. So when they called out my name, Emery Lowry, I sat there. Emery Lowry, I didn't move. Hands folded on my lap, my head was looking straight ahead. Emery was a name I'd never heard of before. For all I knew, it was a kid I'd never met. My mother told me years later as she sat there with my father and how upset he was. He actually said to my mother, he said, my God, Franny, he doesn't even know his own name. <laughs> well, well, that was the beginning of the end of any hopes of having a normal relationship with my father. He didn't hang around long, but I recall he had a very little patience with my developing sense of humor. One night at dinner, he said, eat all of your dinner. There's kids in China starving. I said, oh yeah? Name one. I won't tell you what happened next. So yes, my name is Cody Lowry, not Emery Lowry. And I'm absolutely delighted to be spending the next few minutes together schmoozing. Now schmoozing, if you will, at times has a negative connotation. If you say that that guy or that girl is a schmoozer, you tend to think of somebody who's not terribly genuine, is always looking out for themselves, full of BS, basically a very shallow person. In fact, if you go to the dictionary, you'll see that the word schmooze comes from the Yiddish word schmoozen, which means to chat idly or to chat in a friendly and persuasive manner, especially so as to gain favor in business or connections. For me, someone who's walked the walk, Schmooze has taken on a much broader definition. It has been a way of life, about thinking outside of the box, about having fun and developing a sense of humor and then using that humor 
to enrich the lives of others. It is also about being genuine when there's nothing to gain. It's about having a winning smile. It's about making a great first impression. It's about selling yourself. It's about thinking big. In short, I guess you could say that schmooze is about succeeding through life with a great bedside manner. Do I really believe they should teach schmooze at Harvard? Absolutely, and every other college for that matter. You know, my friend Nito Quibane, who wrote the foreword to my book and is president of High Point University, said we live in the most connected society in the history of the world, and yet we are more disconnected than ever before. So true. And so today I'm going to share with you the secret sauce. The secret sauce. Building relationships that last. And this secret sauce has enabled me to keep clients on the books for over 25 years. And I hope that I can teach you to do the same. Now, I didn't build these relationships with a computer. I didn't build these relationships with more likes or more clicks. I built these relationships with real face-to-face communication. Do you want to build relationships that last for years, even decades? It's all about what I call the secret sauce. And there's three things to think about. Number one, build the relationship. Number two, get the client to trust you. And number three, never ever let them down. It sounds simple, but it's not. Number one, building the relationship. Now, sometimes when somebody says they have to build a relationship, they might be thinking they have a year to do this. Maybe they have a month. Maybe they have a couple weeks, a couple of days. My friends, building that relationship begins with the first meeting. In the first minute, the people that you're meeting with are making a decision, a value judgment as to whether or not they want to do business with you. You know, in 1966, a Madison advertising campaign for botany suits came up with a slogan. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. How true. You see, human beings are programmed to size each other up quickly. Psychologists tell us that we have 7 to 30 seconds to make that first great impression. And the first impression has the ability to make or break our future relationship with those potential clients. And there's something to think about. It's pretty much a given that in the first meeting, you know a lot about that company. You should. You should know a lot about the company you're doing business with. But more importantly, how much do you know about the people you're meeting with, the decision maker? It's all about getting on a common ground. Over the years and to this day, whenever I'm in a meeting with a new potential client for the first time, I know a lot about them. I know about the college they went to. I know about the fraternity they may have been in. I know a lot about their family, how many kids they have, where their kids go to school, the charities they belong to, the clubs they belong to. Do they play golf? It's about getting on a common ground. And then in the early stages of that meeting, I have a power question that I ask, and it never fails. I'm interested, Mr. Jones. How did you get into this business? Well, sit back and relax, 
because in most cases, these people are anxious to tell you about how they got started in business and their road to stardom. Number two, get the customer to trust you. Ladies and gentlemen, at the cornerstone of any relationship is trust. People begin to trust you when their experience with you consistently meets or exceeds their expectations. And transparency is king. No hidden agendas sharing all of the information. No ulterior motives. No little white lies. You know, I'm in the advertising business and we work for some very large automotive dealers who in many cases will fire you at the drop of a hat. And I'll be the first to tell you that as good as I think our people are, at times we screw up. And I've had some people come to me over the years and maybe we made a mistake with execution, execution of the creative. Maybe there was a media issue. Maybe a TV spot didn't run. And when they come into the office, I... I see this look in their eyes, this, this fear about, oh my God, what do we do? What do we say? Maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. And then I stop them in their tracks. You see, my friends, there is no better explanation than the truth. And telling the truth has never failed me. In fact, it's helped me solidify my relationship. Number three, never ever let the customer down. You know, in my business working for automobile dealers, it's not a five day a week job. It's more like a 24 seven drill. And yes, I do get dealers that'll call me at all hours of the night or on weekends. But you know what? I always answer the call. I answer the call and I talk to them. I talk to them because they have a need and I'm there for them. And more importantly than that, I let them know that I really care. And let me tell you this, this is another secret that you need to know. When clients know you genuinely care, my friends, you are no longer a supplier. You are a partner. The secret sauce, building relationships that last getting the customer to trust you, and never letting the customer down. Before we go, I want you to know that I'm putting together material for a new book, and the title is going to be Schmoozers We Love. And if you will please indulge me when it's convenient, would you email me and tell me about that special schmoozer in your life? Maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's a member of the clergy. Somebody who lights up the room. But first and foremost... They have to have heart, and they have to care about the little guy. So I would love to hear from you. Please take a few minutes and email me. My email, if you want to do that, is myschmooze at gmail.com. That's myschmooze at gmail.com. I cannot wait to hear about some more schmoozers in this world. Or text me, 813-310-3962. That's 813 813- 3103962 and remember please review on iTunes and share this podcast. Well, I have enjoyed this show and I hope you did. Don't miss our next podcast when I talk about Hootspah. Hootspah. My friends is the new charisma. And during this podcast you'll learn about Sylvester Stallone's rags to riches story.
that I believe he owes to chutzpah. I'm Cody Lowry, and may the schmooze be with you.